Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, December 10th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Editor Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Uh, it's Friday, Ben. That's good. Good news, right? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we got a lot of industry news uh, to talk about before we get into Spider-Man and some more, uh, you know, exciting superhero stuff. Uh, but Ryan did this story on the site about the movies that have been released in 2021. If you if you were going to ask me, uh, you know, how many movies came out in 2021 compared to 2020, I would I would think it would be like double. Right, like it seems it sort like, of feels that way, yeah, yeah. But uh, apparently, uh, in 2020, there was 455 movies released domestically, and in 2021, it's only been 408 released this far, and it's going to be pacing below the 2020 numbers, which is kind of surprising. Uh, the the big uh, takeaways out of all the analysis that Ryan did is what's interesting here is. While there's fewer movies released in 2021, the movies are on average making double uh, per movie what 
what the 2020 movies were making, uh, you know, 2021 is probably going to end up with a box office that's more than double what uh, 2020 was. Hmm. So uh, I guess that makes sense, right? Because people were like much more um, in their homes in 2020 uh, because of quarantine and everything. And, and 2021, people have been more out and about, right? That, that kind of makes sense. Oh, totally. And I, I think people are, you know, now more ready to return to the movie theater in 2021 uh or or are they is i I think the question because the interesting thing here is you know both these years had uh you know 400 to 500 movies uh in in release domestically and that is the number that like used to be for movies like if you go back 20 years to like 2001 only 413 movies were released domestically uh, it was in those subsequent years after that that like it ramped up huge. It was like you know the whole Hollywood's obsession with franchises and sequels and all that stuff, and it, it got to nearly you know I think uh, 2019 was like 900 and something movies. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I think what Ryan is 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 wondering with this piece is. It, it, are traditional studios going to be more selective on what gets made and released in theaters? Um, you know, audiences, as you said, are <laughs> being more selective on what, when they leave their home. Uh, and there's also this market watch survey that says that 70% of people would rather watch a movie, uh, you know, a movie that's uh, a new movie being released at home than go to the theater. Wow. Oh, man. That's a... I mean, I don't know what the sample size was for the... <laughs> you know, statistics are, are kind of yeah. a manipulatable thing, but that if that is actually, uh, you know, a good representation of, of everything, that is a, a pretty damning statistic for the uh, theatrical industry. Yeah. So so what do, you, what do you make of this, Ben? Do you think that the amount of movies being released are going to pick up? Will, will we see you know, over 600 movies, uh, next year or will, will, is, you know, 400, 500, the new norm, man, I would say that 400 and 500 is probably going to be the new norm. And, and unless you're counting, um, well, I guess this is, this is, we're talking about, uh, theatrical domestic movies, yeah. right? So yeah, I think in that category, this seems like the new norm to me. I think the uh, the streamer stuff is going to pick up the slack, right? Like the the originals that are going to be pumped out by Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. I think those will go up. So it will feel like there are more movies than ever before. Um, but I guess in terms of theatrical options, I would just guess that I, I think this is now what it's going to be for a little while. Because I think, you know, the last year and a half of have as that 70% of people statistic shows, people are, are definitely, uh, they've, they've gotten out of the habit of going to the movie theater, right? So yeah. um, I, I don't, you you always talk about, Peter, like how, uh, you know, running the, the business of running a, a movie studio, you know, it's not ideal right now. It, it wasn't even ideal before the pandemic. So uh, it doesn't seem like smart business sense to, um, to bank on, uh, I guess, audience behavior that's not quite there, right? Yeah, no, uh, 100%. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens, not only in 2022, but maybe 2023, because I think we're still in kind of a transition year. Although Mm -hmm. 2022, we're going to have to do a a podcast maybe next week or something. We got to start looking at 2022 because the amount of movies, amount of big movies, like it it seems like we're going to see the, the after effect of the, you know, the dominoes that hit because of the pandemic and everything mm-hmm. getting delayed. And 2022 seems like it's a massive year. 
for movies. Um, so maybe we'll do like a preview or something. Um, but speaking of uh, streamers and, you know, uh, the theatrical release window has kind of gotten smaller. Uh, people were kind of shocked when Universal announced the Hollywood kill Halloween kills uh, was going to be available to stream on Peacock the day it hit theaters. And people were wondering, you know, what does this mean for the future of universal movies? Like, will they have day and date? Well, now we have an idea of what they're planning, at least for the near future. NBC universal has announced that the majority of the UFEG uh, films, which includes universal pictures, focus features, illumination, entertainment, and, DreamWorks Animation will release on Peacock as early as 45 days after their theatrical and will have a premium VOD releases as well. So this means new theatrical window will take effect in 2022 and we'll have like films like Simon Kinberg's The 355, Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone, uh, Ticket to Paradise, uh, Downton Abbey, A <laughs> New Era, and uh, the third movie in the Halloween, the Halloween Kills movie. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think this is all that surprising, right? Yeah, because it seems like this was, you know, right around the time of, um, God, what was the movie that almost like uh, upended the entire industry? Trolls World Tour. Uh, <laughs> when that whole thing was happening, right? It's, like it's funny in the history books. That's now going to be like <laughs> it all started with Trolls World Tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I remember Universal saying like, okay, we kind of have the option now of, you know, this 45-day window. But this this new news seems to be that like the entire slate for next year is going to fall within that window, right? I think I think the news last year was like yeah. we could do this, and the news now is like we are doing this. Is that am I do I read that correctly? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's not it, super it's surprising. As, yeah, and as early as forty five days, so I think that gives them the room if they want to, if the movie has legs, to not you know release it forty five days on Peacock. So yeah. Um, yeah, um, but on the other side of the coin, uh, you know what what is getting hurt here is mid and low budget movies. I think what you're seeing, if you look at the the 2021 uh, domestic releases, is a lot of them are like bigger, or a lot of them that are making money are the bigger movies. And uh, you know, one of those studios that was making the smaller films, STX Entertainment, has been sold. Tell us about that. Yeah, so STX Entertainment has been sold to a private investment firm called the Najafi Companies. And what this means is the library of titles uh, that you know STX had, which is, includes movies like Bad Moms and Hustlers, um, those, that whole library is going to be changing hands in 2022. And we're not sure exactly where it's going to end up or if everything is going to be sort of scattered to the winds and, and end up on multiple streaming services or all in one you know, sort of fell swoop and all of it will go to one streaming service or, or what, but um, that it sort of raises questions about the future of the mid budget movie, right? Because STX, as you mentioned, is one of those few studios that actually is devoting resources to making movies that, that we often talk about don't really get made very much anymore, just in terms of the budget range. So, you know, you've got Disney on on one end spending two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars on stuff. You've got uh, Blumhouse on the other end spending a, a million to five million to ten million dollars on stuff, and uh, the stuff really in between. I mean, this is a conversation that's been going on for what seems like fifteen years now. 
uh, has just been sort of edged out or turning to television instead, basically. So um, the the founder and CEO of this new uh, the new owner of STX, the Najafi Companies, this guy says, first and foremost, we believe in the power of storytelling and fostering an entertainment studio that is artist friendly and supportive of storytellers. Uh, whether or not that actually comes to pass, I don't know. It sounds nice on a press release. Um, so at least they're, uh, they're going through the motions at the, you know, I, I don't want to say that this person is disingenuous because I don't know anything about them, but, um, you know, this, the people in business say a lot of things and then end up doing something else. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they're actually, uh, sort of good to, on, on their word there. And, um, they actually want to keep this thing around or if they're just really sort of like mining this for parts, you know? Yeah, I think the good news is that it doesn't seem like they just bought STX to make money off the library, right? Or at least that's what it appears to me. Is it seems like they want to make more movies. What kind yeah, of movies? I hope, so. I hope so. Yeah, what kind of movies? We don't know. But yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we, we want to talk about that Spider-Man story that we hinted about on the opening of the show, and uh, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, you know, what is the future of Spider-Man? especially in the MCU this we have this upcoming movie no way home which introduces the multiverse we have you know venom is kind of edging in and people t- seem to think that spider-man's going to be going up against venom uh which has led a lot of people to think that like maybe spider-man maybe the MCU spider-man will get uh you know quarantined off into his own into the the Sony Spider-Verse mm-hmm. of sorts and not be part of the MCU uh, Spider-Verse anymore. But uh, I think like it was like two weeks ago, uh, who was it? Eric Davis talked to Amy Pascal and she was like, no, 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 we're, we're interested in making more. We're making more movies with Marvel, with Spider-Man and Tom Holland. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Uh, so what is going on here, Ben? Well, uh, somebody actually interviewed Tom Holland and and they posed this question to him. They said, as part of the reported deal for this film, you're also expected to appear in an upcoming Marvel Studios movie that is independent of Sony without specifying, do you already know which MCU film you're going to pop up in as Spider-Man? And he said, this quote here, I'm just going to read his, his exact quote. Yeah, that's not accurate at all. The new deal that was struck up was this understanding between the two studios that should Marvel want me to appear in one of their movies, then it would be an open conversation. I don't think it's as black and white as I have a three picture deal with Marvel and a three picture deal with Sony. It's just this open conversation and open dialogue between Mr. Iger and Mr. Rothman. End quote. So uh, first of all, Peter, the the one thing that I have to point (laughs) out here is that I I find it completely hilarious that he says Mr. Iger, referring to Bob Iger, when Bob Chapek is actually the CEO of Disney now. uh, And uh, Mr. Rothman is Tom Rothman, the the head of Sony. Um, So the fact that uh, that Tom Holland uh, just completely ignores Bob Chapek in this this equation is really funny and sort of speaks to um, the type of executive that he is, where he's not very well known for his relationship with talent, uh, which is sort of the opposite of how Iger ran things when he was, uh, I guess, top dog at Disney, even though he's still very much in a position of power there for, for a little while longer anyway. Um, what do you make of this? What do you what do you think about, you know, parsing this answer here? I don't know. This is weird because you don't – usually companies do not move forward on things without contracts, right? I mean, I guess he's insinuating that, like – they're making a contract based on a, like a per movie basis, maybe. 
I think that's, yeah, that's kind of what I get. Trying to read between the lines, that's what I understand from this, is that, like, I, I imagine contract, contracts have already been signed because, as you mentioned, Amy Pascal made that big announcement a couple weeks ago, and I don't think she would have done that uh, unless everything was locked down, especially given how sort of volatile the, rela- the relationship has been between Sony and Marvel in the past, uh, specifically when it comes to Spider-Man. So I, I don't think she would have made that uh, announcement without having all of her ducks in a row. So yeah, the the content of those contracts, I think from this con- this comment from Tom Holland basically saying it's not as black and white as a three-picture deal with one and a three-picture deal with the other. Uh, I think Amy Pascal's comment was like, uh, basically saying that she wants to make another trilogy of Spider-Man movies. So like, does that, is she talking about a trilogy uh, within one of those silos or does she mean a trilogy that can sort of hop back and forth between the MCU and like the, whatever they're calling it, Sony's universe of Marvel characters. What do you think about that? I mean, I I don't know. It's such a weird position to be in for, a big company like Disney and someone like Kevin Feige, because if you were going to set things up, like, you know, you, you, by releasing a film with Spider-Man, you're, you're, you're always, you know, having an end credit scene that teases something more and, you know, something further. And you're setting things up for uh, future movies, not even just Spider-Man movies, but they're, you know, if you're setting those things up, it, it is very dangerous setting those things up without having a contract for the next thing. Yeah. in place right yeah definitely yeah um yeah, i'm very curious to see how this uh pans out because it seems like eventually maybe sony or disney one of the two i mean these are big companies that probably think they are more deserving of the piece of the pie eventually one of them is going <laughs> to want more of the pie right <laughs> uh, one would think, but um, I, I'm actually, I don't know, I, part of me is surprised that Sony has uh, has struck another deal with Marvel so quickly um, because of how well the Venom movies have done. Part of me was wondering like, okay, finally, Sony is is now like, you know, on the path to success with their Marvel projects and they're just going to take their ball and go home once the, the contract runs out with Tom Holland uh, in the MCU. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised they're actually like stick, you know, to, to extend this metaphor even further, they're actually like hanging around the playground a little bit longer and, and sharing the, the, the load a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, at the end of this session, uh, you know, what will the industry even look like then? I think it's probably just a smart move for Sony to just continue to hitch their wagon to the, the rising star that is Marvel. Like the Marvel has not really shown any signs of slowing down. Right. So I think they're like, whatever happens, at least we can bank on, you know, making some serious money with the Marvel project, the Marvel Studios projects that we do that have Spider-Man involved. Yeah. By the way, didn't I see earlier today on Twitter that someone like Tom Holland or Zendaya tweeted at uh, Phil Lord, uh, Chris Miller, um, about being possibly, they were like, we want to be in the Spider-Verse too. And he was like, call me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was um. Oh, I have it here. Oh no, it was it was um. Comicbook.com wrote a story saying "No Way Home" stars Tom Holland and Zendaya. Zendaya uh, want roles in the animated Spider-Man across the Spider Verse. Put us in the mo- in your movie. We want to be in it. It was the headline, and uh, Christopher Miller responded to that on Twitter with a 
<laughs> with the gif of a monkey on the phone it's a, it says call me so uh i don't know i would like to see that that would be interesting to see uh those characters appear <laughs> in the in the animated Spider-Verse. I don't even Man, well, yeah, would that would that uh fulfill one of the slots on Tom Holland's contract? That's a really interesting thing too. Like do those animated movies count in this, yeah. you know, larger issue that we're talking about here? I don't know. And by the way, if they appeared in it, would they appear as live action in in the animated world kind of like a Space Jam or would they oh, be wow. animated versions of themselves? Or yeah, like a like the Lego movie or something. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting too. I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah. I guess the yeah, across the Spider-Verse um with with miles morales uh bouncing around to a bunch of different dimensions i suppose it's it's possible that he could travel to a live action dimension um that'd be interesting i would love that okay and i would and as you said they've done that with the lego movie so it's not beyond lord <laughs> miller to do something like that okay uh that does it for today's slash film daily you can find more of all of our work at slash film.com you can find this podcast in apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send us your feedback questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast and Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and have a good weekend.